back to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920 The Answer. I'm so glad you stayed with us through the break. In this segment, how does derogatory credit information affect your ability to borrow money to buy a home? We're going to talk about that and a couple of other subjects during this segment. Don't forget, we want to connect with you. If you want to reach out to us, the way to do it, gogaddisradio.com, G-O. G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. You can ask questions, make comments, push back. You can share ideas, request your neighborhood be featured in our neighborhood spotlight, and you can subscribe to our podcast. We have links on that site where you can subscribe to it on any of the major podcasting platforms out there and available. Without further ado, I want to introduce John Birchfield, AVP and mortgage consultant at Capital City Home Loans and my favorite mortgage professional. John, welcome. Hey, Clee. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming back. Now, I want to talk about something on today's segment that a lot of people might consider to be negative, and that is the different types of bankruptcies that unfortunately people sometimes are forced to go through, and also foreclosures, which is an unfortunate uh, sometimes circumstance that comes with pandemic or recession or things like that. I want to talk about how those affect a person's ability to buy a loan, but I'd like to start out with, if you don't mind, a yeah. discussion of what is the difference between a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. First of all, what is a bankruptcy? And I know you're not a lawyer, but what is a bankruptcy? And what is a Chapter 7 versus what is a Chapter 13? Can we start there? Yeah, you bet. Uh, I guess in general terms of bankruptcies, when uh, someone's having some type of um, life event that is prohibiting them from being able to make their monthly payments on time to their creditors. Right. Right. So then they'll file for bankruptcy where they petition the courts to protect them from their creditors. Uh, and there's basically, for a consumer, two major types of bankruptcies, whether it's a Chapter 13 okay. or Chapter 7. So let's let's hang on. Do you mind, before we jump into that, so somebody, for some reason, I would imagine more than likely outside of their control, I don't know that it needs to be that way, but a job loss or a medical thing or a death in the family or something like that, they get to where they cannot manage, they cannot make their monthly obligations. And I believe in every state in the United States, you have the opportunity to declare bankruptcy, to say, hey, I'm insolvent. I don't have the ability to pay this. Is that? Are we talking about that? Yep, that's okay. exactly right. Okay, got it. And then so there's two different types of bankruptcy. And I would assume whichever type of bankruptcy it is shows up on your credit report. If you file Chapter 7 or Chapter 13, they show up. So let's talk about a Chapter 7 first, and then let's talk about mm -hmm. a Chapter 13. Because I think there's a very significant difference in the two. There is, okay. big time. Okay. Uh, the Chapter 7 is where you petition the court, and you basically say, there is no way I can pay these creditors back. And you go through a process with the trustee of the courts to prove that. Yep. And, and if, that, if that bankruptcy is granted, yep. you're discharged from that bankruptcy, it wipes away whatever debt that you've included in that bankruptcy. Okay, so I borrowed money from Wells Fargo. Boot, oh, did I say that out loud? Sorry. I borrowed <laughs> money from Wells Fargo, and I'm sorry, I like Capital City Home Loans. And, and so I, I have had a life event happen. Uh, one of the breadwinners in the household has passed away. I don't have any way of paying that like now or ever. And so a Chapter 7 says whatever I owe it's being it's being um, liquidated. Now, I would assume the court can look at it and say, well, Cleve does have a little asset, so we're going to make him use some of those to at least pay a portion of the creditors or something like that. Am I right? 
That's right. Okay. Or they can look at your income that you have coming in and say, oh, I think you could buckle down and pay these creditors back. Oh, so, so in other words, have, a court could say no. A court could say no. Court you, know say what? no. you know what, Cleve? You, you have the ability to control your own destiny. And I know for people who are listening, there's probably a high level of sensitivity because I'd imagine somebody who has had to declare bankruptcy is is listening. And I want to make sure you know that we're not sitting in judgment of whether or not you should or shouldn't have done that. We're just sort of talking about it from a from – a, um, the standpoint of what your average consumer needs to know. So let's move on now, John, to Chapter 13. How is Chapter 13 different than Chapter 7? I mean, chapter I know 13. I know chapter thir- the 13th chapter is six chapters after Chapter 7 in a book, <laughs> but how is it different from a bankruptcy standpoint? It's different because in a Chapter 13, you're still going to pay your creditors back. What a Chapter 13 bankruptcy does is it protects the consumer against collection from their creditors in the sense that they might stop the harassing phone calls, the constant collection companies calling, and instead of making individual payments to creditors, you'll make a one lump sum payment to the trustee of the courts, who then disperses those funds to your creditors over time till eventually you've paid back the creditors. So it's the trustee of the courts acting as an intermediary between you and your creditors to help pay down that debt. And so, so I never thought about that. So that chapter 13 uh, is designed to prevent or to at least slow down harassing phone calls some collections. I like that. It is. And then you've got this third party that's appointed by the court. I would assume they're probably att- attorneys. I'm not I'm not sure who mm-hmm. that would be. And then so if you owed, let's say, on a car and it was going to take you three years to pay it off, I would assume the court could say, well, no, it's going to take five years to pay it off, and here's how these payments, or six years, whatever. And I would assume there's still interest being paid, or maybe there's some compromise between the the debtor and the creditor. But that's so Mm -hmm. interesting. So one way says, I can't do anything more, sorry. The other one says, hey, I can clean all this up if you guys will give me a break for just a little bit. That's exactly right. And the trustee works with your finances to determine – uh, how you need to negotiate with creditors to be able to pay them back in at least some period of time. But you're right. It, it's going to extend that debt out further to make those monthly payments manageable for your budget. Mm-hmm. Do you know, and this is, this is, I don't, I do not know. I don't have personal experience with bankruptcy. Thank goodness. I thought maybe uh, during the last recession that, that, that yeah. I might have had to have discussed it at least once or twice. Are, are there, do the trustees have the ability to make changes to it over time based on the changing financial circumstances of the debtor? Yeah, I think there's okay. some petitions that you have to go through with with the courts. But, yeah, I think you can change from time to time. I guess that's probably true. They wouldn't give the the uh, administrator. What do you call them, uh, the person who does that? Who, who Trustee. The trustee. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. they wouldn't probably give the trustee the ability to make unilateral changes. They have to involve the creditors in those changes as well. Yeah. Okay, so now I – let's just say I file bankruptcy – um, and let's just say I filed bankruptcy three years ago before the pandemic started. So mm-hmm. would I be able to qualify for a loan if I filed three years ago, Chapter 7 or Chapter 13? How does that work? Yeah, well, the first thing is to, 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 it, that difference between Chapter 7 and Chapter 13 is important to us when we underwrite a mortgage. Okay, talk to me about that, okay? So, so a Chapter 7 where you, walk, where you walk away and say, I can't pay you back, yep. that has a little bit more uh, harsh waiting periods before you can re-enter the mortgage market. Okay. For an FHA-type mortgage, you're looking at two years okay. from the discharge date of that bankruptcy before you're eligible for uh, mortgage financing. But but when you think about it, two years is nothing, nothing after a bankruptcy. I think, I remember at one time, it used to be seven years you had to wait to get a loan or five years or some long number after a bankruptcy. Yeah, it can be. In fact, even conventional loans, a different 
type of loan still is four years okay. since that Chapter 7 event. But you're right. It used to be that if you had any type of derogatory credit event, boy, you were just out of the market for a long, long, long time. The, now we've come to understand that that doesn't necessarily represent a long-term inability or unwillingness to repay your, your your debts. It was just a one-time significant event that people can often recover from. Yep. And I do, as much as I hate it for people who have different types of bankruptcies, I, I mean, I hate it for somebody who is judged based on the fact that they said, you know, forget you. But I, I get it because one way somebody said, I'm going to do everything I can to work this out. And the other way somebody said, hey, I surrender. There, there might not have been any other reason, but I understand why they would be treated differently. So that's chapter seven, two, that's years, chapter seven. two years FHA, four mm-hmm. years conventional. How about VA for those veterans who might have VA benefits? VA is going to be two years as well. Two years as well. Okay. All right. And then so now what about Chapter 13? This is where they've said I want to reorganize. Let's say I did this Chapter 13 myself three years ago. and Could I get a loan now? Yes. Okay. In fact, what's unique about a Chapter 13 is the bankruptcy doesn't even have to be discharged. You can be in the process of repaying your debtors back through the trustee system. And as long as you've made 12 on-time payments since you filed that bankruptcy, you're eligible for mortgage financing with FHA. So that's interesting. So it's not you have to wait one year, two year, three year. It is you have to have made the first 12 payments of the repayment plan to qualify. Right. So that's right. It, it, so so th- technically, if I had a plan in place and I had made 12 payments, meaning you know I filed and it was all done in two or three months, and then I'd made payments for 12 months, literally in a, almost a year from when the the – filing or is finalized, I can buy a house. You could. Wow. You could. One unique thing about that game plan that you just illustrated is is that we do have to seek the trustee's permission for you to take on any new debt. Oh, yes. Okay. That makes makes sense. Yeah. They're going to look at your payment on the mortgage that you're trying to obtain and make sure it works with the budget that they approved when they approved your, your filing of the Chapter 13 bankruptcy that everything lines up and works. Because it could affect someone's ability to repay. Hey, if you are looking to get a loan and you're interested in having a conversation with John Birchfield, he has the heart of a teacher, reach him this way. Either go to gogaddisradio.com, contact us, we'll get you in touch with John, or just call him, 678-226-7887, 678-226-7887. John, thank you for such great information on Chapter 7 and Chapter 13 bankruptcies and how they affect your ability to buy a house. How about foreclosure real quickly? And then I've got one question that I want to take advantage of asking you in the last minute we have less than this segment. Yeah, if you file foreclosure, we're going to look for four years. uh, I'm sorry, three years on an FHA loan. And then you're going to want to be seven years when considering a conventional loan from from that foreclosure. Got it. Four years FHA, seven years no, three years FHA. Uh, excuse me. Oh, three years FHA, seven years conventional. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I believe I heard something recently, and we got to do this quick, I'm sorry, that now medical collections are being yeah. counted differently on people's credit reports, and I think that's Man, so amazing. It really is. This is a huge thing coming to marketplace that's really going to help a lot of is, buyers Has it out. come yet, or it's coming? It's coming. Okay. Uh, we expect it soon with one, of the, with one of the credit agencies. The two additional credit agencies will follow. But the idea is, is if you if you pay uh, a medical collection, 
then it will not just show as a paid collection. It will be removed totally, from your credit file. Totally. So if and you're, that's going to help people's credit score. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got tips for keeping your home clean while listed because it's not easy. i got daughters living with me and animals, and we're going to talk about what an ADU is. I keep seeing them in articles, and nobody knows what they are. Stick with us because we've got those subjects and more. We'll be back. 